0: On today's episode, the Chicago Blackhawks lost once again, surprise, surprise, falling 4-2 to the Nashville Predators for their 8th consecutive loss and 11th straight at the United Center. I'll get into a full recap of the game, Patrick Kane's rare offensive struggles recently, and some thoughts on the performance from two young defensemen last night. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Thursday, December 22nd. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman2, or you can also go and check out my strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And real quick, if you're listening to the audio version of today's episode and you like what you're hearing, then please make sure to go and show some support first by following the podcast. And also go and leave me a review if you want to as well, which I always greatly appreciate. And the best part about it all is that it's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast. So go and follow the show right now, and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And if you're not already watching the video version of today's episode, then you got to be sure to go and check out Locked On Blackhawks on YouTube. Because every episode moving forward, folks, is going to have a video uploaded to YouTube as well. So if you haven't done so already, please go and do me a huge favor. Go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. It only takes two seconds to go and click that button. It's also 100% for free, and it really does help me out more than all of you know. So please make sure to go do that. Also, make sure to go and smash the like button down below on this video. And last, go and ring the bell, turn on those push notifications. And that way you can get notified when the episodes get uploaded to YouTube each and every day. All right. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. And thank you all for making the show your first listen here to start off your day. Quickly, wanted to Apologize for not getting the episode out until a later on, a little bit later on in the afternoon. I had a few things I had to deal with before this storm rolled in here in the Chicago land area. It's a frickin Arctic, Arctic tundra out there right now. And hope everyone listening is safe, staying warm. Had safe travels today. The roads are for sure gonna get sketchy with how much the temperature is dropping. Obviously, there's been a little bit of snow. Uh, and with all this rolling in, I just had to make sure I was fully prepared. I had to make sure the house was fully prepared, the vehicles were fully prepared. Everything had to be taken care of before the storm rolled in today. So apologies for not getting the episode out until a little later, but here we are. Better late than never, as they say. Um last night, of course, the Chicago Blackhawks, hey, at least they did manage to hold a lead for the first time in their last seven games, but they do still. Wind up losing four to two to the Nashville Predators for their eighth straight loss. They're also now one, 15 and one in their last 17 games, and they've dropped 22 of 25 overall since starting the year four, two, and oh. The suck hard for Bedard movement is in full effect. Blackhawks fans, the losing really shouldn't come as much of a surprise at this point. That's just, you know, what's going to happen more often than not the rest of the way. But at least for the first time in a little while here, uh, the Hawks actually did make things interesting down the stretch last night. And, well, I know if you go and look at the schedule, you're going to see a lot of lopsided losses, 7-1 to to the New York Rangers last Sunday, 7-3 loss to the Washington Capitals, uh, a pair of 4-1 to losses to the Minnesota Wild and the Vegas Golden Knights. The schedule is going to show you, the results in the schedule are going to show you one thing. Uh, and while there's no doubt the Blackhawks are still an inferior team more nights than not, I did think there were stretches throughout those games where they were playing a little bit better hockey. Again, the results weren't going to show that, but I thought there were moments, unfortunately, too few and far between. But there were moments where they played some solid hockey, and I thought we saw a, a lot more of that in the opening 40 minutes against the Nashville Predators last night. Unfortunately. The Hawks still could not manage to score the opening goal of the game. They've now done so just five times through 31 games this year, which is just absolutely absurd to think about. I really want to know if there's, you know, another team in NHL history that's scored first, that's scored first at a worse clip than the Blackhawks have done uh, at this point so far in the season. Someone, if you're able to look that up out there, I don't know exactly how you'd go about doing so, But I really want to know if there is a team that has scored the first goal at a worse clip than the Blackhawks have done through the first 31 games this year. But even though they gave up the first goal of the game, also Peter Morazic got bailed out by the goalpost a couple of times in that first period. I thought the Blackhawks played all right out of the gate. The second period, though, was really when they did their best work in my mind. Not only because that's when they scored both of their goals on the night. But I also thought they did a really good job of not giving the Nashville Predators a lot of opportunities. They kind of dulled the game up, which, you know, unfortunately, it's not the most entertaining or fun hockey to watch. I was, you know, kind of snoozing there at points early on in that second period. But we know the Blackhawks, this is not an an offensively gifted bunch. They've struggled to score goals for basically two months now. So, doling it up, not giving up very many opportunities, um kind of just going toe for toe to toe with the predators, I thought that was uh the right call by the Blackhawks last night and and that's a positive, you know, when they kind of recognize that they can slow things down, prevent giving up a lot of high danger chances. Um, and just kind of simplify their game on the offensive side of things. And they finally got rewarded with two goals and 37 seconds to take the lead for the first time in their last seven games. It had been since December 3rd against the New York Rangers since the Blackhawks held a lead nearly three weeks ago, uh, which is almost as ridiculous as the Blackhawks' percentage of not scoring the first goal. Anyways, Murphy shot from the point. Uh, takes a couple of deflections on its way past UC Saros to get the Blackhawks on the board. And then 37 seconds later, another fortunate bounce, Mackenzie Entwistle, you know, just kind of a harmless-looking wrist shot from uh, right inside the blue line. It deflects off a Predators defender, takes a wicked bounce past Saros. Just like that, the Blackhawks finally got some buck luck working in their favor, They take a two-to-one lead in the second period. Things were starting to go well. After that second goal, though, and we even heard Troy Murray talk about this on the broadcast last night, he said, man, what they really need to do is they need to get out of this period with the lead, and unfortunately, they just couldn't. They gave up a goal with five seconds left in the second period, A, a true backbreaker. Really poor play by Taylor Radish, by the way. I don't know how you can get caught puck watching in that situation, but It's exactly what happened. He let Matt Duchesne beat him back door and a perfect pass from Matthias Ekholm to find him and tie up the game two to two late in the second period. And that really kind of set the tone for the Predators the rest of the way. They came out uh, just over a minute into the third period. Roman Yossi house a backhand to put them ahead three to two. And then uh, they wind up going on to add a power play goal later on in the third period to basically seal the deal. Hawks penalty kill, by the way, Blackhawks fans they've now given up a PPG in seven consecutive games, and they've just gone they've gone just six for thirteen during that stretch. Now, thirteen penalties in seven games, not bad. the Blackhawks have done a good job not taking as many penalties as of late, but they haven't done a good job killing them off. uh the Rangers, I believe went one for one Vegas, I think went one for one on the power play. Blackhawks have just not done themselves any favors, even though they've limited the amount of times they've had to go shorthanded. They just haven't been very successful at getting kills. Six for thirteen is not gonna get it done. A really big slump for the Blackhawks PK. Didn't get a timely kill in the third period when they needed it to stay behind one, behind by one. Instead, they fall behind four to two and didn't really uh have anything going the rest of the way in those final five, six minutes until Morazic was off the ice with like 30 seconds left. And uh, Patrick Kane, who I'll talk about here more in just a moment, he had a couple of chances, but fortunately, the Blackhawks wind up falling short. All bad news for this team right now as they're losing. Ways continue. Eight consecutive games, but, and there is a but here, Blackhawks fans, they are at least currently in first place in the real standings that matter for them this season, a.k.a. To suck hard for Bedard standings as the worst team in the NHL. In that department, the Blackhawks are the best in the entire league. All right, there are some thoughts on the Blackhawks' eighth consecutive loss last night. Coming up in just a moment, I will talk about Patrick Kane's recent rare offense and struggles, plus some thoughts on the performances from Ian Mitchell and Isaac Phillips last night. But first, I got to talk to you all about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all pro and college sports betting needs and info this season. You can find all of the latest game developments, matchups, news, and podcasts on whatever game you want to place a wager on. And BetOnline is also your continued source for all sports wagering info, including live betting, esports, and live game scores. And I personally love it because it's both the fastest and the easiest way to place a wager. And They have literally everything from the NHL, NBA, college basketball, college football, the UFC, all MMA. They have boxing. They even have golf. They really do have everything. So head on over to the website right now, or you can also go and use your mobile device to learn more about all of the trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast segment two. Let's get into what's going on with Patrick Kane right now, folks. Because good old number eighty-eight, after being held without a point once again last night, he has just two points, both of them being assists in his last eight games. He has two goals in his last twenty-four games and four in thirty-one on the season, and that's just you know a, a drought you don't see. Patrick Kane going through very often. Uh, but what's very apparent to me right now, Blackhawks fans, is a couple of things. One, the dude is just getting absolutely flat out unlucky. Like, it's not as if Patrick Kane's completely checked out or super discouraged by the fact that the Blackhawks are losing basically every game for the last two months. No, that's, that's not the case at all. I mean, just go and look at what, go and watch what Patrick Kane did last night. He was absolutely buzzing all over the ice. He led the Blackhawks with nine shots on goal, nine in a single game. He had 12 shot attempts and six scoring chances just himself. So he's still getting those looks. And that's been a consistent thing, too. Patrick Kane has recorded at least three shots on goal in every Blackhawks game except for one dating all the way back to November 14th. And going back a little bit further, since the start of November, there have only been three games total where Patrick Kane hasn't finished with three or more shots on goal. So he's still getting those looks, and I talked about this a couple of days ago, with this Blackhawks offense not being very dangerous and with Patrick Kane not having the most elite line mates, which I'll talk about here in a second as well. He definitely isn't getting the same amount of high danger opportunities or generating the same amount of looks from areas where, you know, you really can score goals from. He's having to shoot from the outside more often a little bit this year, but he is still getting his chances. He's still getting those looks. Not as frequently maybe as when Alex DeBrinckit was here, but Patrick Kane is still getting his opportunities. He just can't get the finished product right now for whatever reason. And that's kind of been the theme for this, Blackhawks team throughout the last couple of months like they move the puck well in the offensive zone if you go and look at the analytics and the advanced stats, you know They probably deserve better each and every night in terms of the expected goals for at five on five than what they really get Just finding the back of the net for whatever reason has been such an issue for this team And for Patrick Kane, man, it's just got to be so frustrating and another thing I want to talk about too with Kaner is His shooting percentage, another thing I mentioned a few days ago, Patrick Kane is now down to three point eight percent on the season. And for reference, his previous career low entering the season was seven point eight percent, and he averages eleven point five for his career. So that goes to show you just how snake bitten this dude really is getting right now. Like, Kaner easily could have had three or four points last night, one or two goals himself. And he also could have had a couple assists if Mags Domi had been able to bury some of those chances. And that's another thing with Patrick Kane, Blackhawks fans. It's clear that he doesn't have any true top line guys to play with anymore after the departure of Alex DeBrinkett this off season. And Domi, you know, I'll give him credit. The effort has been there each and every night, and he does, you know, lead the Blackhawks in goals. Or he's tied with Jonathan Taves for the team lead with ten this season, but. It's still clear he just doesn't have that true playmaking and the overall offensive abilities to truly maximize what Kaner brings to the table. And that's kind of the story with the entire Blackhawks top six right now. Like how many guys realistically on a good team would be playing on the top line with Patrick Kane? The answer is probably none of them. And even Andreas Athanasiou, who's kind of been, bumped out of the top six here as of late when he got his chance early on with Domi and Kane didn't really you know take advantage of that opportunity which sadly has kind of been the story of his career if I'm being honest Uh, but that definitely you know hasn't helped Kaner's case so far this season and you really got a feel for him because you could tell how frustrated he's getting on the ice and you know the type of competitor that he is he's dying to help this Blackhawks team Get off this losing skid, and he wants so badly to help them generate more success offensively. Uh, And it just hasn't been happening for the last couple of weeks for whatever reason. And I don't know if I've ever seen Patrick Kane snap his stick in half over the benches as frequently as I've seen uh, in the past couple of weeks. Credit to Kaner, though, I do want to say because Luke Richardson talked about this after the game. He said, Kane's been, you know, nothing but professional, you know, hasn't been down, hasn't been negative in the locker room or anything. He hasn't let that affect the type of leader that he is in the clubhouse. And that's awesome to hear being one of, you know, the few veteran guys, the few players that the Blackhawks have in that dressing room that have been there, done that, won in the Stanley Cup playoffs, seen every type of game you can imagine. Blackhawks don't have many of those veteran leaders in you know while it has been tough for Patrick Kane at least he's been able to hold his head high and continue to be a positive influence for all the guys in the locker room as well. Now before I wrap up the show today folks, two more things I do want to talk about. Uh first, well they're kind of the same thing. I did want to touch on the performances from two young defensemen for the Blackhawks last night. First, let's talk about Ian Mitchell. Kind of lost in Uh, The Blackhawks lost, losing once again, uh, was the performance from Ian Mitchell. After Jake McCabe was forced to exit the game in the first period, he took a stick up high, which required some stitches. Doesn't sound like it's going to be anything that's going to make him miss some time. Uh, The Blackhawks expect him to be in the lineup on Friday against the Columbus Blue Jackets, but McCabe wasn't able to return to the game against Nashville after suffering that injury. Blackhawks went down to five defensemen and Ian Mitchell was a guy who uh, Richardson really leaned on in his first game back in the lineup after being scratched in the last three and Mitchell responded really well in my opinion he wasn't on the ice for any of the Predators goals against I thought he did a really good job of, of moving the puck out of harm's way good breakout passes out of the D zone I liked his aggressiveness with the puck on his stick in the O zone and I also thought, you know, he read plays well when he was out there quarterbacking the second power play unit, good, quick, decisive passes, didn't let, you know, an attacking penalty killer get on him too fast and force a turnover. No, he looked smooth and he looked like he belonged out there. Uh, So really glad to see that out of Ian Mitchell. And I I still don't understand why this guy was getting scratched uh, regularly prior to, Uh, the injury suffered by Jared Tenorti. Like, why are we playing Jack Johnson and Jared Tenorti over Ian Mitchell when we're the worst team in the NHL? The season's obviously lost at this point. We wanted it to go that direction. I mean, that's the way everyone wanted it to go. I just feel like this is the role that Ian Mitchell should have been playing regardless of the Blackhawks losing some defensemen. And he showed that when you give him these opportunities, again, I know it's just one game, but especially after sitting out for the last three, it was a really good response last night by Mitchell. He had two shots on goal, three block shots, uh, and he got all the way up to 20 minutes. I don't know if that's what he should be averaging when the Blackhawks are healthy. That might be a little bit too big of a role in my mind, but, you know, 16, 18 minutes, something like that. Second power play unit, maybe second penalty kill unit, give him a couple shifts out there to, grow a little bit more comfortable in that area. I I just feel like that's exactly how Mitchell should have been handled. What's in the past is done. We can't change it. But I hope that Richardson at least continues to give him this type of role after seeing him handle it really well in his first game back after getting scratched for three games in a row. Really glad to see that out of Ian Mitchell. Uh, I thought it was his best game up in the NHL so far this year. And could have even been his best NHL game ever. I know they've kind of been few and far between over the years since uh, his rookie season when he was kind of rushed along onto the NHL scene. But really solid game for me and Mitchell last night. Hopefully he can keep that rolling and just only get more and more comfortable as the games start to rack up here. And then for Isaac Phillips, uh, with Jared Tenorti unfortunately having to undergo uh, facial surgery, and now has landed on IR. The Blackhawks decided uh to recall Isaac Phillips from the Rockford Ice Hawks of the AHL. And you know, with Tenority being a bigger bodied guy, I guess it does make sense to bring up another bigger body from Rockford. Phillips is six foot three, two hundred pounds, big kid for being only twenty-one years old. And he's already got over a hundred games of action at the AHL level, which is uh, pretty impressive. And we heard coach Luke Richardson talk prior to the game against Nashville about what he was kind of looking for out of Phillips in his first stint up in the NHL this season. He talked about how uh, (laughs) Richardson kind of talked about how he's almost too nice of a kid and, you know, really wanted him to kind of grow a little bit meaner out there on the ice and be a little bit more aggressive and be a pain in the butt to play against, especially along the boards and in front of their own goaltender. And, you know, I thought Phillips answered the bell pretty well in that department last night. He led the Blackhawks with five hits. He also got up to eighteen minutes of time on ice with McCabe exiting early uh Now, I will say there there were some in between moments from Isaac Phillips where the positioning was kind of my only critique of his last night. It felt like he was kind of in between of where he should be at some points, and that was kind of evident on um. The first goal of the game that the Nashville Predators scored, it was a turnover by Phillips in the neutral zone. And then he didn't, it looked like he didn't know exactly where to be when Nashville was charging right at him. Um, But to be fair, I do think that was a goal that Peter Morazic would want back and one that he probably needs to save since it came from so far out, like on top of the dots, basically where Mackenzie Entwistle shot, wound up uh, deflecting off a of Preds defender and getting past Saros. There was no deflection for this opening goal of the game from Niederrider. So even though it was kind of a, a weird play by Phillips and he was caught in between, still think it's one that Peter Mrazek probably should have saved. And then Phillips was also out there for another goal against Nashville, Matt Duchesne's to tie the game two to two in the second period. And he was the left side defender there on that play and had a chance to potentially get a stick on it and Knocked that pass from Eckholm out of midair, but it's still Taylor Radish's fault. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. That wasn't Phillips's man back door, and he was actually in the area that he should have been in. Taylor Radish, though, was supposed to be providing the support, not letting his guy make a beeline to the backside for a tap in. That's sadly what happened. So even though Isaac Phillips was out there for uh, two goals against, neither were really on him. Um, so other than the positioning, I thought he played a pretty darn good game. That's just one thing I think he needs to work on. But at the same time, when it's your first NHL game of the season, I expect those jitters and those little indifferences, they still can be there. Um, I think we need to see a, a greater uh greater sample size for Isaac Phillips before we go and say that's an issue or anything, but just one thing I noticed in his season debut. Probably needs to tighten that up a little bit. But again, other than that, I liked his aggressiveness. And I definitely think he's going to need to keep that up if he wants to stay here. Uh, and it was nice to see him also get a good amount of ice time in his first game up. He and Ian Mitchell, I thought, handled that increased role pretty well. Um, especially for, you know, Isaac Phillips. This was his only the fifth NHL game of his career and his first since last February. So Good stuff from both young defensemen for the Blackhawks last night. Despite the team continuing their losing ways, there were still some positives here. The main one is that the Blackhawks are first in the NHL and the only standings that really matter for this team, the Connor Bedard standings for the worst team in the entire NHL. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up Thursday, December 22nd's episode of Locked Blackhawks. Make sure if you're not already to go and follow the show. Wherever you get your podcast, it's 100 percent for free. And go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. And that way you'll get the, ep- the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Thanks again for making Lockdown Blackhawks your first listen here today. For your second listen, make sure to go and check out Lockdown Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with experts that only Lockdown can provide. Locked Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you all for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, that's going to do it for the Locked Blackhawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network